I Need Thee Every Hour, a podcast dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I had an opportunity to listen to a spiritual leader who mentioned the story of Enoch. Now, the story of Enoch in The Pearl of Great Price is an interesting one. I wasn't very familiar with it. And those of you who are not familiar with The Pearl of Great Price, it is a section of scripture located in the Book of Mormon, which is another testament of Jesus Christ to be used in conjunction with the Holy Bible. Now, in the Pearl of Great Price, in the Book of Moses, Enoch is, my understanding, is the great-grandfather of Noah, the famous Noah of Noah's Ark. I believe everybody knows the story of. So I would like to believe that Noah's ancestry is quite holy as he was holy and uh, obedient to uh, the Lord. Now, in this chapter of Moses, chapter 6 specifically, if you go to verse 27 is where I will start. And he heard a voice from heaven saying, Enoch, my son, prophesy unto this people and say unto them, Repent, for thus saith the Lord. I am angry with this people, and my fierce anger is kindled against them, for their hearts have waxed hard, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes cannot see afar off. Just as a side note, what does that remind you of? <laughs> I know what it makes me think of. It makes me think of the day in which we now live. Verse 28 says, And for these many generations, ever since the day that I created them, have they gone astray and have denied me, and have sought their own counsels in the dark, and in their own abominations have they devised murder, and have not kept the commandments which I gave unto their father, Adam. Wherefore, this is verse 29. Wherefore, they have forsworn themselves, and by their oaths they have brought upon themselves death, and a hell I have prepared for them if they repent not. I'm going to skip over verse 30 and go to 31. And when Enoch had heard these words, he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord, and spake before the Lord, saying, Why is it that I have found favor in thy sight? And am but a lad, and all the people hate me, for I am slow of speech. Wherefore am I thy servant? Verse 32. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Go forth, and do as I have commanded thee, and no man shall pierce thee. Open thy mouth, and it shall be filled, and I will give thee utterance, for all flesh is in my hands, and I will do as seemeth me good. Verse 33. Say unto this people, Choose ye this day to serve the Lord God who made you. And finally, verse 34. 
Behold, my spirit is upon you, wherefore all thy words will I justify. And the mountains shall flee before you, and the rivers shall turn from their course, and thou shalt abide in me, and I in you. Therefore, walk with me. The reason why I wanted to start this first episode, if you will, with this story of this particular prophet and this passage of scripture is because, you know, I don't, I don't um, presume to be a uh, prophet or prophetess of, of any kind, but I will say that I am a disciple of Christ. I have tried to live my life as a disciple of Christ. I have begged the Lord to allow me to know of his mysteries, to be able to share my testimony, and to give me opportunities to be obedient. And when I felt prompted to do this podcast, I, of course, went through feelings of self-doubt, which unfortunately then translates into doubting the Lord, which I know is a sin, essentially, something that I needed to repent of. And when I heard this um, religious leader telling this specific story in this specific passage of scripture, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And normally what I would say is I felt like I got slapped across the face. <laughs> um, it wasn't quite like that, um, but it more was just I I didn't hear anything else after that. I That was all that I heard and all I could think of was the Lord was saying, I told you to do this. <laughs> And you are finding a million other things to do. You are finding a million reasons not to do this. And it's not okay. And and I will say um, the other part that stood out to me of this particular story was Enoch saying, uh, sorry, let me <clears throat> pull it back up again so that I'm not um, paraphrasing. He says, why is it that I have found favor in thy sight and am but a lad, and all the people hate me? Now, I don't consider myself to be slow of speech, um, but I have definitely been in positions where I've felt hated. And, um, you know, I know that when we're stuck inside our own minds, we can feel justified to feel any kind of emotion and take any course of action. And when you're on the receiving end of that, it's extremely difficult to not feel like a victim, uh, react like a victim, blame like a victim. It, it takes a lot of practice and trust in the Lord to... to ask for help in forgiving and in loving your enemy. There's a, a scripture in the Bible. I'm going to pull it up here. So forgive me for 
not being completely prepared. I'm trying to basically share what the Lord is prompting me to share. Um, I I said a fervent prayer before starting this uh, to be given the words to say. Um, so there is a, we know that there's scripture in the Bible. Uh, here we go. In Matthew chapter five. So in, in the Bible, Ma- the book of Matthew chapter five, verse 44, this is from the Sermon on the Mount. I think this is, oh, God, this is Wikipedia. I I don't like Wikipedia. I like the, I like the King James Version, but I'll, I'll just read this uh, version from the New International Version because this pulled up, BibleGateway.com. I do like this site. Uh, so chapter 5 in Matthew, verse 43 says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Verse 45, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. 46, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Verse 47, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Verse 48, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, I, you know, I, you hear about perfectionism. That's that's not what he's asking for. And and forgive me, I know that there's a better translation. That the the term is not to be perfect, as we interpret the term to be perfect. But the way I like to view it is being perfect in obedience to the Lord, being perfect in your desire to be obedient to the Lord. When you are in a position where you are being harmed, and I have been in that position, it's very difficult to forgive. It's very difficult to be Christ-like, and I know that the Lord has helped me to find strength to do that, mainly because I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling anymore, but also it was important to me to be obedient to the Lord and be Christ-like, be a true follower of Christ. And thirdly, I wanted to I wanted to be that example that I felt like my kids deserved. Now, I I will say I I don't want this podcast to be all about me and you know my life and my experiences and my family um i'm I, I can't help but share personal experiences and i will try to be careful in what i share uh to 
um, protect privacy. But I feel like a testimony is only as good as it is genuine. And if I were to simply say to whoever is listening that Christ is my Savior, your Savior, he can heal you of anything you are suffering from or dealing with, just believe me. (laughs) That's not probably not going to do a whole lot for you. Maybe it will. Maybe the spirit can touch you and and feel of my uh, help help you to feel of my sincerity from just saying that. But I know for my own from my own um, desire to know and and feel of the spirit and and to uh, learn from others, I learn much better when I hear personal experiences from people and you can feel it is genuine. So I, I will say I, I'm coming from a place of, I'm still young, you know, like, like Enoch says, I'm a lad. Okay. I'm, I'm not a lad. I'm, I'm a woman, uh, you know, but I'm only 38. So I'm, I'm still pretty young, but, um, so I know, I know I have a lot to learn and I know that there's a, a great many other people in this world that know a great deal more than me, but in in having had the experiences that I've had and and I still have experiences to learn from I I feel like I still have a lot to share and that there still might be others out there that would benefit from hearing hearing my testimony basically I am a wife and a mother. I have I my husband and I are on each on a second marriage with each other. And we have nine children between us. I had five from my previous marriage and he had one from his previous marriage and we have had three children uh, between us. So we've got quite a crew. You're probably wondering how I even have moments to spare to share my testimony in this way. Um, I don't really know either. I I just know that I was kind of shown that I had a peaceful moment here and I was feeling the spirit. And I felt like the Lord was saying, now, now, go do it now. <laughs> and I think that's another lesson that I've learned is that I've, as I've prayed to Heavenly Father to give me opportunities to be obedient, I know that part of that is doing what he's prompted me to do through the Holy Ghost in the moment that I'm prompted and that it is not helpful to wait. Um, I could drone on and on, but I won't. I would like to uh, keep these sessions brief. But I would like to... I would like to leave 
leave you all with a story that I had felt prompted to share in a church meeting. I was raised in the Christian church known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I am still active in that church. And the way that certain Sunday meetings are held is that anyone in the congregation is given an opportunity to stand up at the pulpit, the microphone, to speak. And not just to say anything, although some people do, um, but the idea is to share your testimony publicly. Um, That does a great deal for the individual sharing, um, but it also does uh, countless um, things for anyone uh, listening. And um, so there was an opportunity where I felt prompted to stand up and share this, excuse me, share this story. And so this is what has come to mind. I had an opportunity to have what is called a calling in the um, church that I was attending when I was first married in my previous marriage. I was very young. I think I was 19. And my husband and I at the time owned a home pretty far away from where we were working. Um, We couldn't afford to buy a home any closer to where we worked. So we were making a long commute into work every day. And when I say a long commute, I'm talking an hour. Easy, depending on traffic, side roads and freeway. And we... That, that caused some, some challenges for us, but um, this calling that I had, we call it a calling, um, where it was basically an assignment, uh, an opportunity to serve. You're not being paid uh, to do any kind of calling in, um, in the church that I, I attend. The calling that I had was to be over a, a program that's done for youth women, young women. Um, And at the time, it was called Personal Progress. And it was a really nice program. And so we had a program we were going to be doing where where the young ladies were going to be um, basically showing off what they had been working on in their personal progress. It's it's comparable to maybe like Boy Scouts, I guess, is, is what I'd like to say. I, I don't know how many uh, out there are familiar with Boy Scouts. Um, but you work on things. You accomplish things. You set goals, accomplish them. Um, and then you can kind of show off what you worked on for the parents and the other and whoever is in attendance with this um, particular program. Um, and so I was in charge of this program. And I 
I don't remember the specifics about why the program had to take place at the time that it did. Um, and, and, and these these kinds of uh, activities, or however you want to say it, always took place on a, on a Wednesday night. And so I... I was working, um, like I said, I was working an hour away uh, from, actually, <laughs> let me backtrack a little bit. The The particular building that we would meet in, church building that we would meet in, was even further away from my work uh, than my home, uh, you know, basically in the opposite direction. So, um, so mind you, getting from work to the church building for the program would have taken me, I don't know, maybe an hour and 15 minutes at, at, at best, I suppose. And so I knew this and I, you know, I was young and I might have been able to I don't know, work something out. I just, in my mind, I had to just, I just, I had to get there. I had to do what what was working for everybody else and I had to make it work. And I remember asking, now I I won't, I won't, (laughs) I won't blast the uh, company I was working for or the, um, or my boss at the time, but, um, but he wasn't, wasn't always the nicest to me. Um, But, uh, Anyway, I had asked if I could leave early so that I could make it on time, and he would not let me. He was not interested in allowing me to, I mean, I, so even if I could just leave like 15 minutes early or something, that would be, you know, making all the difference, I thought. Um, but because my particular job there um I had to, it was a small office and I had to, I was in charge of uh, closing up. So I had to be there until everybody left. And even if there was, I'll just say customers that were there um, beyond closing time, it didn't, didn't matter. (laughs) I had to, I had to stay. Uh, And that was fine. And really, for the most part, that was not that big of a deal to me. And I worked there for a couple of years. And so I, you know, and I'd was very reliable and I in my mind it wasn't um I, I, I didn't think I was out of line asking for this um ex, this uh, small exception one-time exception to be able to leave early um uh, but like I said he wouldn't let me leave and so I just prayed I prayed my heart out I left as soon as I possibly could and I basically I knew I wasn't going to be able to get there on time unless there was some kind of a miracle. And I remember starting to drive, starting to make the long drive and praying, just praying for something. I didn't even know what I was praying for. But I remember distinctly the Lord telling me to not speed, which of course was extremely tempting to do but he told me not to speed and to just stay calm basically and I remember trying to not watch the clock because that was causing me to stress so I just was watching where I was going I was trying to just drive safely and basically I now I only ended up being maybe 10 minutes late. 
which was fine because sometimes these kinds of things didn't start on time anyway. And obviously they needed me to be there. So, you know, they knew, you know, that I was going to get there as soon as I could. But it ended up taking me only 45 minutes to travel what should have taken an hour and 15 minutes. There was nothing wrong with the clock in my car. There was nothing wrong with the uh, clock on my phone. Um, Nobody adjusted the clocks um, at my work or at the church building when I arrived there. I knew Sorry. I knew that little insignificant me in that moment mattered to my Lord and Savior, the creator of everything. And not only did he essentially move heaven and earth so that I could get there on time, he bent laws. I, I, I don't know how. I really don't. I would love, love to know. I know one day I will. But I know that time essentially slowed down because I didn't drive through some portal. I drove the exact same path that I've, that I've always driven. But I know that I, I've kept that miracle um, close to my heart for many years. That was many years ago. But more recently, I felt, like I said, I felt like I should share that in this particular uh, church meeting. uh, We call testimony meeting, fast and testimony meeting. Typically, people are fasting when they come to the meeting. And I know that I felt prompted to stand up and share that story. I don't know why. I still don't know why exactly. I don't know how much of it was just the Lord asking me to be obedient and share something that was incredibly personal. Um, but I figured there must be at least one someone in the congregation or audience that was listening that needed to hear that, that needed to hear my testimony and needed to hear of that experience. And I would say basically what I would say is the moral of the story is that nothing is out of the Lord's power. There is nothing he can't do. There is nothing that he won't do that is for your benefit. If I wasn't meant to get to that meeting on time, I would not have experienced that miracle. But it mattered. And the Lord made it happen. There's a lot more that I would love to share. I will stop for now. And I will save more experiences for future episodes. Just know that 
your father in heaven loves you. Your big brother, Jesus Christ, loves you. You also have a mother in heaven that loves you. Another time I will share how I know that as well. Thank you. God bless you and have a blessed day.